You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast, where we bring you everything NFL every week. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, March 30th. We're bringing you another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. Got some breaking news off the rip. Just found out Bruce Arians stepping down as head coach of the Bucks. What do you think, Eric? I mean, him stepping down, they're saying he's getting a front office job there. And uh, Todd Bowles is picked to be the successor there. So, I mean, a lot of mixed feelings with this. I think you can't go wrong with having Todd Bowles there. And we're assuming that Byron Leftwich will uh, stay there as the offensive coordinator. Do you think there's pressure from – well, I should say do you think. I think that there may have been pressure from Brady. You know, him coming back and them having that little bit of a fallout at the end of the year last year. You know, I, I part of me thinks that maybe that had something to do with it. And the owner or the, you know, the front office trying to please both Arians and Brady and, you know, keep him with a job within the team and, and some type of, you know, area within their network. Do you think that might have something to do with that? Yeah, I mean, I think there could be a couple factors here. I mean, let's face it, Bruce Arians isn't no spring chicken. Mm-hmm. He's probably due for a front office job. I mean, you know, there was a couple times last year where it seemed like he was about ready to have a heart attack on the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. All Not taking all, anything like that away from him. Great coach. Absolutely. absolutely. Great coach. I mean, definitely someone you want in your front office. I mean. I think, you know, when you kind of look at like the metrics of everything, it Bulls obviously has coaching experience, you know, was, wasn't necessarily the most successful coach. Um, he was an interim head coach in 2011, looks like for the, the Dolphins. Um, and then actually had a, a full-time head coaching gig from 15 to 18 with the, the Jets. I think he actually did pretty well there for, I mean, it was the Jets. They were that was the follow-up to Rex Ryan. Yes. Um, and they, you know, with, with Rex, everybody remembers two AFC championships, ended in the butt fumble situation, all that, you know, drama, I guess you'd say up there. Um, not not too terrible, but at the same time, I definitely think that, Byron left, which may have been a better opportunity, you know, an opportunity there for them. It's an offensive league. So I, that's kind of my first concern, but at the same time, they're saying Todd Bowles is picked to be the successor. So what does that actually mean? And right now it's fresh. It's breaking news as of 15 minutes ago. Hmm. So there's going to be more details. I mean, maybe he's not the head coach going forward. We're just assuming he is the best fit right now. Well, Byron's been also chomping at the bit for a head coaching gig. Well, was definitely in talks this year for the Jaguars. Um, a lot of people were actually speculating that he was going to be the next head coach of the Jaguars and then pulled his name out there kind of last minute. I just think, in, in all aspects, for those of you that don't know, Byron Leftwich was a former NFL quarterback, played in Jacksonville most of his career had a you know a bunch of stops after what afterwards but um got a coaching gig here with with uh, Tampa Bay recently in the last couple of years and has had a, a great job with uh or has done a great job with Tom Brady and and that offense and you know winning a Super Bowl you can really you know thank him for that and a, a lot of a lot of people thought that he might have been the, the next guy to, to be that coach of the Jaguars and and when I first read the the breaking news article that Arians was stepping down. I thought it was going to be, you know, Byron Leftwich named as the next uh, coach. Now I'm not taking anything away from Todd Bowles. I think that he's a good candidate for that. I think it's a good, you know, spot for him to step in. I just think this really opens the door for Byron Leftwich to leave and go somewhere else next year when a coaching vacancy does happen. Cause we all know there will be some type of a, 
you know, coaching carousel as it is every year. Absolutely. And I mean, the way it stands, if Byron does stay there as the offensive coordinator, obviously the offense doesn't drop off this year. Because, but I mean, Todd, let's face it, he's a defensive minded coach and it's an offensive league. So a lot to address there. It's also, we didn't even start the season. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Brady's team. It doesn't really matter, you know, who's at the helm there. I think that he has a lot of say in things. And I'm not saying he's running the show, but at the same time, they're going to try to please him either way. There, there had to have been some type of information that we aren't going to know or, or you know, <clears throat> hasn't come out right away. Obviously, this is just breaking news. This has just happened within the last hour. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll kind of see what goes forward with that. Could a question I have for this? Could this be a, a foreshadowing? of Brady leaving. I mean, a lot of talks this week were saying Brady to the Dolphins. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation there. It's more rumor mill than anything. But, I mean, do you rule out Brady going to the Dolphins? They just brought in Tyree Kill. They have Jalen Waddle, Gesicki. They could probably bring Gronk along. Um, uh, Armstead, play tackle there. Exactly. So they beefed up the offensive line. The defense really isn't too shabby. It looks like an attractive place. He could beat up on Belichick, possibly twice this year if he goes there i don't know i'm i'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of scrutiny for saying this but i think it's kind of a weak move if he does go i think that'd be a weak move if he does go to miami i mean think about it they for- signed all these guys and 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 it's like you know it, it makes him kind of then the lebron of the nfl so there was all this aura of brady in new england and you know you, you'd have to go to new england to beat brady in the afc the afc goes through new england all those comebacks, you know, the Super Bowls, you know, two minutes, they're down a touchdown and the ball's going in Brady's hands. Everybody can breathe. Like for me, when he moved to Tampa Bay, it was more of a like prove that he can do it somewhere else. Prove that he's the GOAT. He made himself cemented, whatever you want to say it, the GOAT. He is the GOAT. and It's un- undeniable. My question is, if he's just going to jump around now, and he's going to Miami because they have these these guys, you know, equipped to win. with weapons. Yeah, it just makes you wonder. Does that does that kind of put a chink in the armor of Brady and and all that he well, is? And I mean, let's not forget when he went to the Buccaneers, it's not like he took a team out of the slumps and they rose to the top. That is probably one of the most loaded teams I've seen on both sides of the ball. <clears throat> well, the the question I have for you is: Does he need to win a Super Bowl if he does go to Miami? Now we're going to jump in the gun here, but. In order for him to, you know, continue cementing himself as the greatest ever and and that, does this result in him having to win a Super Bowl or not winning a Super Bowl? Does that taint his legacy? Absolutely not. I mean, in my opinion, he could go to Miami and go 0-17 or 0-18, whatever it is, and still be the GOAT in my opinion. Um, He has seven Super Bowl wins. Enough said. At Mm -hmm. some point, you're going to not be successful. So, I mean, yeah, I don't see – my thing is with this, if he goes to Miami, they have a first-year head coach. Tom Brady runs that whole team, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And he might like that. That is an offensive-minded coach, too. <clears throat> he was an offensive coordinator uh, in uh, San Francisco. And they seems like they have their chips in on Tua, but it makes you wonder, could you see a Tua for Brady swap and some picks? Or what, what is Tampa Bay going to want back? for that like what's the what's going to be the return investment because tampa bay or uh sorry miami did just sign all these you know studs that you were talking about are any of them going to be like required to, to go there 
That's a tough question. That that's the question no one knows, right? Mm-hmm. So do you try if you're the Bucks, do you try to trade Brady and get Tua? Are the Dolphins willing to do that? Do the Bucks want Tua though? I mean, look, don't I, get me wrong. I, I think mean, Tua is a serviceable option at quarterback, but he's not necessarily a world beater. You know, he's not yet. He has, I think he has potential. I think people wrote him off too soon. And well, I mean, all this year for Miami, jumping over to Miami, all the pressure's on Tua, right? He has all the weapons. He has protection now. It's on him. Well, I can agree with that about Tua to an extent. Now, the one thing that kind of concerns me with Tua is his injury history. He does seem a little frail, I guess you would say. I mean, he's always, he does seem like he always, he's always hurt. But at the same time, on another token, it it kind of all circles back. Can Tua do it with these weapons? We haven't seen Tua play with with these kind of guys around him. I mean, obviously, Tyree Kill is going to make you so much better. And they brought in Armstead to, you know, be a protector for him. You know, the sky is kind of the limit for them. Now, what's a better option? I mean, looks like on paper right now, Miami's probably going to be the better team outside of quarterback obviously with brady in the game tampa bay becomes a contender regardless absolutely they did bring back enough guys absolutely but at the same time does brady feel like he my question would also be like does brady feel like he's kind of vulnerable on the bucks you know with with all that's going around they did re-sign godwin right and and godwin has that acl injury or you know with the blue you know the blown knee that leaves him with Evans still. If Gronk doesn't come back, he's severely limited to what he has. Yeah, because they lost. Didn't they lose O.J. Howard? They lost their tight ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, they had 12 people or so up for free agency. They did bring a good majority of them back, they also, but they did lose some pieces on the defense. They also well. lost Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is, is in Kansas City now, which I think is a great addition. We'll talk about that more later. But I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of question marks around that. So – Last week, the the craziness, or, or two weeks ago, I should say, the craziness was Brady coming back. I, I could kind of see that. We agreed. We talked about that in the last episode. If you want to hear more on that, go back to our last episode, and, and uh, you'll be able to hear in the opening sequence there about what we thought Brady coming back means for the Bucks. But moving forward, like prediction-wise, I, I don't know what I can say about the Buccaneers. I'm not saying that that division's necessarily like loaded, because they're not. Not at all. Uh, if he stays in Tampa, they win that division. Does my question, it, like, if he leaves and goes to Miami, does that put does that put him as front runner? I cannot say that that Miami team with Brady is better than the Bills. From a from Brady's standpoint, I stay in Tampa Bay because it's easier. If you, if you stay in Tampa Bay, you're a front runner to go to the Super Bowl, one of the top teams in the NFC. You go to the Dolphins, the AFC West is loaded. Well, in a like you might be a fifth seed in a quarterback driven <laughs> league right now, which is quarterback heavy. I mean, you yeah. look at the hierarchy, they're all in the AFC. You look at the Colin Coward had it this week where he talked about the quarterback hierarchy and how it relate, relates to um, the, the division standings and who, who falls where it falls with the level of quarterback play. If you put Brady in the AFC, think about that. It, it's like it's like a logjam. It's terrible. Like you got four quarterbacks in the AFC West right now that are Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. Only three of those teams can make the playoffs. 
you're going to have a Pro Bowl quarterback that is not in the playoffs. That just goes to show like the talent level out there is crazy. So factor in that, and then you factor in two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the AFC, uh, AFC East already, potentially three with Tua. You put Brady in there. That's eight quarterbacks in two divisions already. And you're severely limiting, you know, who's going to make the playoffs. I mean, his chances are way better in Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. I just, if you ask me and you look at it, kind of move forward with this, I don't want to, you know, spend too much time on it. Brady is not a spring chicken. He's not young and he's not going to get any younger. He's not going to get any healthier. He needs to stay as clean as he can. And I think in, in that division, in the uh, NFC South, that's probably his best bet. And if you're Miami, you just got to – I I don't think you want to give up too much to bring in Brady for one year mm-hmm. unless you really think he's going to put you over the edge and get you that Super Bowl. But I think they're better off not giving up picks and players and whatever to bring in Brady because obviously they're not going to just give him away, I don't think. I don't think Tampa Bay would do that. And also with Tua be, being there, and now you bring in Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle. People think you bring in Tyreek Hill, you have to throw bombs. Absolutely not. Put him on a drag route in speed. Let him make some moves, make people miss. Like get him the ball in the backfield. You ever hear of Cordell Patterson, Debo Samuel? Well, that's what they actually that, said. There was speculation that they're going to use him as Debo Samuel. That is the future of those type of receivers. I mean, that's what that's what that's built around. They're they're they got him to build an offense around him. See, my thing is, if you get rid of Tua. And, and you try to bring in Brady and it doesn't work and you don't win a Super Bowl, you're demolishing everything that you built. They're at a point right now with a new coach, a new cast of players down there to add to the, some that were already good. They have a good base down there. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the only way for them right now is up. And let's be honest. This is the, this is probably the best looking Miami team that we've seen in quite some time. They're definitely heading in the right direction. No. And I think that, <sighs> It's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot for me to say right now. I just think that Miami should stay put, keep building what they've been building. I mean, they took a step back losing their their coach, firing um, Flores. We've said that. But if there's anything that they can do to kind of move forward is use this grouping of players and try to be successful. They're already in a tough division. They need Tua to step up. And I think that this is going to be like the prove it year for Tua. You got him the weapons. You brought the players in Absolutely. around him. Now you got to find out if he was worth that draft pick. Now go back to college. Tua was great with a good supporting cast at Alabama. It was really good, actually. He was. So I I think the, the you know the sky's the limit for that team. I'm not super sold on Tua, but I'm willing to give him that opportunity to prove it. I think this is if they play the short game with all these speedy receivers and you know, just let Tyreek Hill touch the ball. Get, you know, give it to Jalen Waddle and get him in open space. You don't need to throw the bo- the bombs down the field every time. Just get the ball in the playmaker's hands, see what they can do. That's to his game. Well, they're equipped to, to play in shootouts, and that's what they need to do because you're going to be in a shootout with Buffalo, and New England's going to wear you down and try to make it a puncher's battle. But at the same time, if you can spread them out and score at will on them, I think that gives you the upper advantage on – uh, New England, they're not necessarily a fast-moving team. They're not equipped to put up tons of points. They're going to try to slow you down and keep it close, wear you down with Damian Harris. So, you know, time will tell. We'll see kind of how that looks. But that division got a lot better in the free agency. 
um, with Miami, you know, becoming a contender now, I just don't think it'd be a smart idea for them to give up all the chips for Brady. And not staying in that division, I just kind of want to touch up on the Jets. Really like what they're doing. They made some nice signings this offseason, and they're going to have a solid draft, I'm sure. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do moving forward. You know, I'm not going to jump the gun and say they're a playoff team yet, but I do think that they're making the right moves and getting in the right direction. Absolutely. And Wilson's not necessarily proven himself as the guy yet, but at the same time, he didn't have a terrible rookie season. So I was going to say, can we not judge him before he actually has receivers? He's, he's a serviceable, (laughs) he's a serviceable option right now. And that's kind of what I'll give him based on his performance last year. And like you said, give him some time, give him some weapons, see where it goes. I don't think that they're going to, you know, expect to contend now, obviously every team should, but at the same time, I think, a realistic expectation for them would probably be somewhere a little close to being under five, like just under 500 or around that area. That's what I mean. Last year, they were what, like a three win team. Like that was their expectancy this year. Wouldn't surprise me if they get up in that seven, eight game winning range. Well, let's me not forget the AFC is just so loaded. It's going to be tough no matter what they're going to have a lot of. I just don't think the Jets are going to be an easy out anymore. That's no, kind of not at all. Like they're getting up there. They're going to contest these games. They're going to make. They're going to. They're going to give you everything they got. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. Hey, let's blow out. We're going to blow out the Jets this week. Yeah, they're the definitely. They're definitely not going to be. A, you know, the hundred percent pushover. But I definitely think they'll be in that bottom quarter of the league, for I sure. Agree still, with that. yeah. It, it's just like I can get what you're saying though. They're they're making moves. That division. That division has gotten better. Uh, we'll, we'll say that. Um, but, but yeah, you know, other news in the NFL too, moving on. Um, how about the over overtime rules? Big, big announcement. I mean, I think it's better than it was. I'm not in love with it. No, you made a point earlier. I don't like how they're, I don't like how they're uh, doing the, like both teams get a chance, but then sudden victory after that. It's just like you're resetting again. You're doing the same thing, but just without both teams getting a chance. Now, like you said, also, you're going to force that second team to go for two. Because if you're playing a team like the Chiefs, where they score at will, you score a touchdown to even it up with them, you're going to want to go for two to win it because you know if they get the ball back, it's not hard for Patrick Mahomes to get in field goal range. So for the listeners that don't know the new overtime rule change, it's both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. Postseason only. This is not in the regular season. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score wins. So that kind of goes back to our sudden death point. If the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner, which that's always been a thing. Mm -hmm. I just think, and, and I, I may not be, <clears throat> there's mixed speculation on it. Or I shouldn't say speculation. There's mixed reviews on it. I, I agree with people saying that it should go to overtime rules for college, the way they do that. The only reason I say that is like, you have to keep going until you can stop them. hundred percent. It's not a sudden victory. You will always get a second chance and you have to prove that. Now, like you said, after those two overtimes on the third overtime, it goes to two point conversions. For college, yep. But I, I also kind of agree with that too, but it still gives that second team a chance regardless. And, you know, for the college rules, like you just explained there, that's also after two overtimes if if it's still tied. Absolutely. So to, for you to get to the point where it's just a two-point conversion, 
who doesn't want to who doesn't want to watch a nine overtime game in the NFL in January? That would be insane. I mean, I would love it. The players might not, <laughs> but hey, but it's about us, not the players. That's why they get paid the big bucks. My my <laughs> point being, like when you think about it, and you look at how how it all you know shakes out, it, you're still not giving that second team a chance <clears throat> because you you wash that board clean when both teams score, and then it's sudden victory again. You're back where you started, and it's just longer. Now we got to deal with that same thing just for another hour. I do like the progress that the NFL took, though. And I, I like do, they I took do the like initiative. That, yeah, I do like that they, you know, the NFL as a whole. I think they needed seventy-five percent of the league to okay this for it to get approved, and they did. So it is a step forward, and we're also assuming that you know, I'll just use the Chiefs Bills game as an example. We're assuming that the Chiefs go down score, get their extra point. The Bills go down score, get their extra point. That stuff all has to happen before we get the sudden death again. Mm-hmm. So you're also going to run, you know, just use for example, the Chiefs go down, they score, kick an extra point. Well, if the Bills happen to go down and they score, they might just go for two and try to end things right there. Well, and you're also giving that that second team the opportunity to have their chance to win it because if they do score, they can always go for two. So that leaves that on the table there. That that kind of changes things a little bit. I just think it would be more exciting personally with the college rules just because it it's more you know, you're guaranteed to find out who the true winner is going to be and not a what if. It leaves no what ifs on the table, at least not as big of a what if. My question is, does this open the door for more change? I, I think that with the NFL doing this, this allows, you know, the playing field for rule changes to happen a little more. I mean, this is a big rule. A lot of a lot of people didn't yeah. think this would go. I think it's a step forward. Mm-hmm. I think it's a baby step for them. So they wanted to kind of see how this goes go from there Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of work that needs to be done and for instance people remember when the targeting rules came into place defenseless receivers leading with the crown of the head um things like that we don't bat an eye at that now yeah i mean as a football fan we don't like that stuff we want to see people get mauled but at the same time player safety is paramount yeah exactly at the end of the day you want to make sure everyone's safe i don't want to see somebody out there you know limp not moving well, not only that you want to see your stars out there you don't want you know after the first two games of the season you don't want to see the third strings on the field for the philadelphia eagles just and because they're all hurt because of targeting you also got to feel bad <laughs> for guys like ryan shazier could have had exactly. a potential you know hall of fame career or it's a you great know example like that him. and and he, he's you know thank goodness he's able to walk thank goodness he's having a good quality of life but that's and one that of the best a, middle linebackers in the nfl at that time and that was a freak thing that happened i get that and listen, I'm all I'm all against the marshmallow factory out there, mm-hmm. but I respect it. I get it. You I don't appreciate want, you football for yeah, football. You don't want people to be taking blows to the head. Well, you can't say you're not excited too about like the the chess match that is football now. It it is more strategic, exactly, and it forces a different style of play, and it's exciting. I mean, if if anybody could come up to me and tell me that the the playoffs last year were not exciting. That was probably the best stretch of games in the last 10 years. I want to kind of shout out the refs. Like they've been holding flags more and more. Mm -hmm. So in previous years, they've been throwing flags left and right on everything. And I I feel like they're holding off on the flags. We're having more scoring. The fans are happier, you know, more points. It's more entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it just, 
this opens the door for more things. I think the NFL will, you know, remain to try and be a little more proactive. And I think that's where they need to be. I, like you said, it's a good step in the right direction. And those talks are going to, you know, continue to happen. I, I don't think that this overtime thing is going to stick for a real long time. That's just my prediction. Part of me thinks that maybe the next step will be moving to something similar to college rules, or if this might be just like a bridge rule, but I don't see this sticking for the next 20 years. I think it's, I like it. I think it's a good step forward. I just don't like that. It's for postseason only. I think they should have did across the board, regular season and postseason, mm-hmm. not just one or the other. I don't like that. Well, you're going to see also that there's going to be more rule changes like this, like in res- as a result of this. Obviously, the first time this is going to happen, you're going to have people complain. You're going to have people be happy with it. I think you'll have a little more people being a little more like argumentative over it. They're not going to be happy with it. But we'll see. Time will tell. At the same time, like you said, it's proactive. It's a good step. I just I think there's a little bit more. There's just, just a like, tiny bit more. It's just like anything. You got to try it out, see how it goes, get more details based off of that, off the data. Yeah, and the window of time that you have to make these decisions isn't very big. I mean, from the end of the season, like the Super Bowl till the start of the draft, you've only got a you know two months. So, I mean, yes, but they've been talking about an overtime change for probably the last ten years. But what I'm saying well, is the official talks. Yeah, they can talk about it all they the, want, but till they sit down and actually make the decisions, um, I just think that the window of time to actually make a change like that, you know, it, that would be even bigger than this would. It limits you. So I think it's just going to take a little more time. And, and that gets back. They, yes, they've been talking about it for a while till they were actually able to have the time to act on it. You know, it, there's a lot that needs to happen. So moving on, let's talk <laughs> about a longtime Philadelphia Eagle and New Orleans Saint. Malcolm Jenkins announced his retirement today. What are your thoughts on that? Well, great career. Um, always going to have a lot of respect for Jank. It was great watching him in, in uh, Midnight Green and um you know the saints are going to miss him that's a key part of their defense and they already didn't have a lot returning to begin with so great on the field leader and locker room presence there not only that does a lot for the community um absolutely a lot a lot of uh you know the the jenkins foundation i believe it's what it's called um let me actually get that properly he, he, a lot that he did in, in you know New Orleans prior to his time with the Eagles, too. I mean, he really developed into a good player, and then the Eagles were able to pick him up, and it just you know catapulted him into being a leader. Um, what, I mean, what do you think? What, what do you think the, the Saints are going to have to like address free agency? To I think that's something they might bring up in their draft. It's going to really hurt because didn't they just lose Marcus Williams as well, their other safety this year? I believe so, yeah. So there's two safeties, and – Let's kind of give some respect to Malcolm Jenkins. He wasn't your typical safety. He played down in the box a lot. There's not a lot of safeties that are willing to do that or that are cut out, you know, that fit that mold. And he was one of those rare talents that could do that. Kind of reminded you of Dawkins in a way. And he was he was that guy for us, you know, the leader of the defense. And yeah, he was that headhunter out there. <laughs> I'll always be thankful for him. I always think that he's, you know, a great player, admired him. Um, and it is the Malcolm Jenkins Foundation. It's a foundation that that helps youth in uh, underserved uh, communities, and and I think that what he's done on and off the field, you know, definitely cements him as a potential or a future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, and you know, hats two off time, to him. Two times, yeah, Super Bowl two champion. time. That's right. Yeah, that's one right. with the Saints and one with the Eagles. Hats off to him on a, a storied career, and I definitely think that, um, you know, he'll he'll have a, a place in Canton. I just. 
I just wonder what made him actually retire. I wonder if it's the rebuilding in New Orleans or if it was, you know, something else came. I'm sure we'll get more information wow. on what actually why the main reason was. He's been, he's been playing for a long time. Think about yeah. it. You're that kind of guy in there giving hits and doing that. You, you can only do that for so long. He even said he, he has more to do. There's more work to do outside of football. This isn't the end for him. You won't, you know, last time you'll hear about him. Um, the, the foundation that he has is great. He has it in, you know, in Philly and New Orleans as well as other places. Um, it, I think that it's time for him to, you know, step back and, and, you know, I get back see- to the community. I could see him actually stepping up, maybe being a coordinator somewhere or, you know, some kind of a coach or wouldn't even be, wouldn't even be out of his realm to be an announcer of some sort. There's definitely a lot of opportunities out there for him. He also had strong ties to Ohio state, graduated Ohio state. And, you know, you see a lot of guys go back to their almas and, and, and help coach there and, and get started there. So yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to, you know, keep an eye on that. But yeah, I definitely think that him and football isn't over, but at the same time, um, We'll see. But like I said, hats off. Great career. Absolutely. So, yeah, and other news around the league, too, as well. The Chiefs are, you know, reportedly targeting a, a uh, wide receiver yet. Now, I know they did just sign Juju and uh, Marquez Val- Marque- Marquise or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, I think it's Marquez. Uh, yeah, they just signed both of those guys. Do you think they need to make a move for another receiver, or do you think they can be okay? I mean, I don't think it hurts to have any more talent. <clears throat> LaVisca Chenault, I mean, he's a Debo Samuel, maybe not as fast, but he's a can-do-it-all. Yeah, and, and he caught 121 passes for uh, <clears throat> 1,200 yards and five touchdowns in two seasons with the Jags. So uh, he's definitely pretty His, pro- his first producer. season, he didn't even really play much. Like, he didn't get much, well, look many looks or anything like that. So Look at who he's behind. And, and he's not the only option now. I know DK shut the door on that figuratively and literally in, in his quote um he said they better close the door because it's getting cold but um I, I don't think that you know him moving i don't think the seahawks are going to move him now that they moved russ he's he's their focal point of that offense now um they still have Lockett up there as well but another good serviceable option could be Devonte parker from miami i know they were kind of considering moving him so i mean do you think what what do you think how how if, if you're going to touch the cattle, how hot is it to, to trade a, for a wide receiver for the Chiefs? I think they're going to draft one. So I don't know if they're going too heavy on LaVisca Chenault. I guess it depends on what you can get them for. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to break the bank on them because I think, like I said, I think you can get someone just as good, if not better, in the draft. Mm-hmm. But it all depends what direction they want to go. Do they want to spend a first-round pick or a second-round pick on a – they do have a lot of picks now because Tyree Kill being gone. And they do need to address it. I'm not saying LaVisca Chanel would be the answer. You can't just replace Tyree Kill's speed with LaVisca Chanel. But I think that's why they brought in MVS. He's a speedster from Green Bay. So I don't know. What about the addition of Ronald Jones? You think that, that really about the touch on that? I mean, that's a solid move there. That that puts him in a pretty solid backfield to begin with. So I mean I, I I think that he's a good num you know change of pace back like he was in uh, in Tampa Bay I think he'll be a good veteran presence for on that team a good addition he, he's won a Super Bowl so he's no you know stranger to the big game uh, not that it, you know a lot's going to rely on him but at the same time I, I think he's a good uh, option there they're they're pretty they're pretty loaded on offense to be honest 
I mean, you lose a guy like Tyree Kill, which let's get it straight. They didn't want to lose him, but they just couldn't afford to keep him there. It was the right business move for them. Like they, said, they did quick, get compensated. Last week, like I said, you can't replace the man, but you can replace the production. So you you have to replace those stats and, and they bring in all these guys. It's just gonna you're gonna spread the wealth a little more, but you're still gonna get that return investment by having these um weapons on offense for for Mahomes. Hey, coaching trumps everything in my opinion. And they have a hell of a coach there and Andy Reid. And the enemy. And the enemy. Them as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the sky's the limit for them still. They're they're definitely stay re- remaining contenders in that division. And obviously the winner of that division is a contender for the Super Bowl. It's going to be interesting because if you look on paper, and I know paper doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, they have one of the weaker teams in that division. If you you know, if you look at the offense and defense. But what I look at is like when I say spread the wealth too. I mean, yes, the other teams signed stars and they're great, but at the same time, who who is as well rounded as them? Uh, when you look at from top to bottom, yeah, defensively it's a little bit of you know more lopsided, but on offense. People forget. I mean, Juju's solid. Marquez Valdez Scantling's very good. Ronald Jones is a good option. Travis Kelsey's probably still one of the top three tight ends in the NFL. And you have the best quarterback in the NFL. Don't forget about Hardman. Absolutely. He, Nicole Hardman, is, I did forget about him. His speed is <laughs> he's pretty fast. If you ask me, I don't really <laughs> think that there's a, a glaring need for them to sign another receiver or move anybody. But now that they got Ronald Jones, I think I would be – pretty comfortable with that that offense I, I mean honestly maybe even sure up the offensive line a little more um you can draft a player here or there but i yeah, don't I forget all the extra picks they have that's the main the main the main order here is going to be to pick up players on defense that's what they're going to need they're going to need a pass rush they have probably the worst pass rush in that division and now the rest of the division is loaded at the quarterback position as well they got to get after the quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. So all these other teams in that division, they loaded up with the pass rush to get pressure on Mahomes because they have to. You can't let him sit back there and pick you apart. They got to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean that kind of wraps up everything that happened in the NFL this week. Um, you know, there's still a lot that's coming. I mean, obviously we're going to get into the draft here in a few weeks. We still got a little bit more more time till we, you know, refine our, our mock drafts here and, and go to that whiteboard war there. But, you know, I'm excited for what, what has happened in the NFL, you know, kind of not, I shouldn't say closing out free agency. There's obviously still opportunity for things to happen, but um, as time goes on, it, it's just the, the craziness. I mean, every, every, this is an NFL fans dream year. It really is. It is. It's some off seasons are pretty boring. This was one of the most exciting ones I've ever seen. This is the most exciting one I can that I can remember. So many big moves, so many changes, teams making, you know, themselves better. The the NFL is in a in a phase right now where it's probably its most competitive in a long time. And for you fantasy football fans out there, I mean, this is going to shock the whole fantasy world. You're going to look at your teams and your drafts and your players a lot differently this year. Absolutely. It's going to change a whole lot, but uh yeah, stay tuned. Next week, we have some exciting news to kind of share with you, too. We wanted to round this out. Um, we are looking to move to a video. We're going to bring a video into the podcast, you know, incorporate that. Um, so it, it would probably require us moving away from Anchor and Spotify, at least for the meanwhile, till we experiment with that. Um, it's not a definite. We might still bring you uh, content next week on, on Spotify. However, 
um, we are looking into potentially moving to a video platform and then, uh, you know, also possibly going live, bringing some guests on, things like that. So, um, you know, keep pushing questions in, you know, feel free to ask us to talk about anything. Ask us your questions. We'll answer any of them. Uh, we really appreciate the support and, you know, we can't wait to to bring you better content. Yeah, guys, uh, that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the Extra Point Podcast. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at our email at tepofficial at yahoo.com. And you can also reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Extra Point Podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you all next week.